let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, Oh, worship the King, and then here I am to worship. Oh, worship the King, all glorious Today, let's open up with a word of prayer. Harmon, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Father, we thank you for this time. 
time that we get, have to come here to your house and worship you. And we thank you for that uh, we can come and worship you freely in this country. We pray that you preserve this for us. Help us to find ways to do that. Father, we pray that the pastors can show the message tonight. Help us to hear it and use it in our lives. Bring us closer to you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Let's continue in singing Onward Christian Soldiers. Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as to war With the cross of Jesus Going on before Christ the Royal Master Leads against the foe Forward into Someday for 
those who play music for us. Amen. Amen. Um, I was talking to Erica, our new secretary, and she plays the violin. So she said she's going to see how if, if maybe that kind of melds in with things. Will the violin fit in with everything? I think it's worth a shot. We should try yeah. at least, right? I know Bill Sinks told me, he says, no, the violin's going to work perfect yeah, yeah. with it. So yeah. we're looking forward to that. Um, she is tonight up at her church there in Essex Junction, uh, Calvary Baptist, saying goodbye to her church family up there. Grew up her whole life in that church, and now she's moved down here and going to be worshiping with us. But she wanted to go say goodbye to everybody, and I'm anticipating a phone call from her pastor saying, what's the deal <laughs> that my girl has moved down there? Uh, but we're so glad the Lord filled that position of a secretary here in the church. I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 39 in your Old Testament. Psalm 39. Title of the message tonight is Going a Little Too Far. Going a Little Too Far. And listen as I read to you these three verses and you'll, you'll, you'll pick up on why the title of the message is Going a Little Too Far. I said I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good and my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, as we look into this text, I pray for your Holy Spirit to guide and direct that we might understand the amazing truths contained within these few verses. Help us to be a people who can control our tongue, but yet still speak when we need to speak. Help us to honor you both among our brothers and sisters in Christ and also in the presence of the unsaved, that in every way we might honor you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. So as we come to this text, if you'll notice at, I assume in your Bible, just like in mine, if you look above that first verse, it says to the chief of the musicians, 
even the Jedithon, a Psalm of David. How many of your Bibles have that right above it right there? And it's a pretext, and it's a note at the top of the Psalm letting us know that David wrote this Psalm and that he had gone ahead and sent it to Judithon, the chief priest. And so turn with me, if you would, to First Chronicles in your Bible. And I'm going to show you who he is. It's kind of an interesting note in the scriptures. Sometimes people see things like that and they don't really understand what they mean. But if you'll go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 down through 6, here we find the introduction to Jodathan. Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated to the service of the sons of Asaph and of Heman and of Judithan. All right, we just, we just met Judithan, didn't we? Same guy is talked about here in Psalm 39. David wrote Psalms 39, sent it to Judithan. And then look as it comes down. Who should prophesy with harps and with psalteries, with cymbals, and the number of the workmen according to their service was. Of the sons of Asaph, Zachar, Joseph, Nethaniah, Azarillah, the sons of Asaph under the hands of Asaph, which prophesied according to the order of the king. Of Judithan, the son of Judithan, Gebaliah, Zerai, Jeshariah, Hashabiah, Mattathiah, six under the hands of their father, Judithan, who prophesied with a harp to give thanks and to praise the Lord. So what is he? He's a musician and a singer, isn't he? Of Haman, the sons of Haman, Bekahiah, Mataniah, Uziel, Shabuul, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hananiah, Eliatha, Gedalti, Roma Tiezer, Joshua Kesha, Malathi, Hother, and Mahazah. Aren't you so glad people aren't naming their kids these things today? <laughs> I'm telling you. We come down to verse 5. All these were the sons of Haman, the king's seer in the word of God, to lift up the horn. And God gave to Haman 14 sons and three daughters. All these were under the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord with cymbals and psalteries and harps for the service of the house of God according to the king's order to Asaph, Judithan, and Haman. And so as we look at this text here in Psalms 39, we're looking at a text that was penned under the inspiration of God by King David. Then he sent that to the chief of the musicians. And there in the temple, these would be put to song. And the Psalms, many of the Psalms were put to song. And within the temple, they would sing these and they would play instruments. And the house of God would be full of music. But as we come to these first three verses of Psalm 39, it's an interesting thing that David is saying. Because he starts talking about how that he has decided to think about the words that come from his mouth. He really decides, I need to contemplate what I say. Because sometimes, according to the book of James, a small word 
can light the world on fire, can it? So listen to what he says again. I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with what? With my tongue. How many of us in our lifetime, we have said something that we wish we could take back? A little confession's good for the soul. We've all been there, haven't we? When we've said something, we've thought to ourselves, oh, I wish I hadn't have said that. And David is at a place in his life, at a time in his ministry, and he's saying to himself as king, you know what, sometimes I would do well to count to 10 before I say what I'm getting ready to say. So he says, I decide that I will take a moment, that I will contemplate, I will consider what I say. The very first verse I ever memorized in the Bible, I was a teenager going to high school, and I had met a guy who had invited me to a Bible study, and it was at the office of a Baptist church, there was a youth director, and so the girl I was dating in high school, her and I, after school, we would drive down to that office and we would do a little Bible study, because I was searching, I was searching, I wanted, I wanted to know about God. And he had me memorize this verse, Psalms 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That phrase, taking heed thereto, means to stop and think, ponder, consider. He says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By really stopping and thinking and considering the things of God the word of God. And here, when we come to Psalms 39, David is saying, you know what? I need to step back. I need to take heed. I need to consider my ways that my words might be governed properly. Look with me down, if you would, to Proverbs. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Listen to verses 26. And 27. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy feet from evil. So just as David is pondering his words throughout the scriptures, it tells us to ponder our path as well. So whether it be our words or our path, the Bible says, Consider as you go to the left, consider as you go to the right, whether it be your words or your deeds, he's telling us to take heed, contemplate, consider that we might not sin against God or others. Hebrews chapter two, verse one says, therefore ought we to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip, slip away. So on all different areas of our Christian walk, our Christian life, whether it be the things we, he we hear, he says we should take heed. We should contemplate them, consider them, lest the things we believe slip away because we've stopped pondering them. David tells us in this text, we need to take heed. He says he's taken heed. He's taking a moment, a time of consideration, contemplation before he says things that he wish he hadn't. 
We also find, as I showed you in the text, where we take heed, we consider as we go to the right or to the left, just the opposite as I just did with my hands, <coughs> so that we don't find ourselves off track. So each of us in our lives, as we approach this psalm, and as David has sent this to be sung in the temple of God, we understand that it's a real part of all of our lives to learn how to control what we hear, what we say, what we do, to contemplate and consider it. <laughs> As we come down a little bit farther in Psalm 39, it says, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. And it is an interesting thing for David to single that out. Because it's not that David was a perfect man in all other areas. He struggled. He was a man of blood. That's why he could not build the temple. Solomon would build the temple. God told David, you cannot because you're a man of war. He was a man who quickly went to battle. He slayed many, many uh, enemies throughout his life. God said he was a man of war. But yet at the same time, David was a man after God's own heart. David struggled in so many areas. He allowed himself to stumble and fall in the areas of, of relationships, not only with his children, but with his wives, even with his nation. He struggled. So it's interesting that he would single out the tongue. I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. And sometimes all of us, we realize that maybe the weakest link in our life is some area. Is it our thought life? Is it our tongue? Is it the things we do or, or maybe where our feet lead us to? What is it that is the weak area of my life? And here David is saying, at this time in his life, he's struggling with the tongue. Go with me, if you would, to James chapter 1 in our New Testament. And we find James talk about the tongue. This is a great text about the tongue. And it reminds us how that God knows human nature. And he writes about it as he inspires these verses. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 26. He says to us, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And somebody tell me, what, what is a bridle used for? It's used on horses. Yeah. To direct, to direct that animal, to, to get control of that animal. I remember when Joy and Josh were little, uh, we went ahead and we bought a small horse. It was a half pony and a half, half horse, half pony and half horse. Kim, what, what was it? It was half pony and what? Yeah, Arabian Shetland mixed. And so we bought that pony or that horse or that trying to figure out what it was animal. Uh, we bought it from Kim's dad. And my kids were very little at the time. And so Kim 
and her dad, they said, well, you know what? We'll teach the kids to ride at the same time that we break the horse. And I thought, this is great. I, what could go wrong here? And so Kim did such a wonderful job. I'd drive the kids up there and they would have the time of their life up there with Kim and the horse and all that. And then, then the horse came to live with us at the house on Little Chicago Road. Now, all of a sudden, me, who had never owned a horse in my life, I'm trying to teach the kids what I don't know myself. And they're telling me, well, Kim said this. And I'm saying, great, let's do that. <laughs> trying to get the kids to ride the horse. But we had to use the bridle, the bit in the mouth of the horse. And I was having some struggles. So my father-in-law in Texas, he says, I'll send you a bit that will, it will get that horse's attention. And so I said, what do I know about horses? I said, okay, send that thing to me. So he sent me this bit that you put in the horse's mouth and it's not just a regular bit. It also has a plate that goes up to the roof of their mouth. And I looked at that, I thought, I would not want that in my mouth. That thing looked really uncomfortable. I never used it because it just really looked uncomfortable for the horse. And I'm sure that was the purpose of the thing. But going to control the horse and to train the horse. And I, I realized that over time, you can just rein them. You just train for the rein to touch their neck and they turn instead of you pulling and all that stuff. But that bit, that bridle, is so that you can control the horse. And here he is reminding us. He's saying, listen, if you say you're a religious person, if you say that you're a person who knows and loves God, but he says, you don't put a bit in your mouth. You don't bridle your tongue. He says, I think there's some hypocrisy. And the reason is because we all battle controlling that little member. Go with me, if you would, back to the book of James. But here we're going to go a little farther in the text. Look with me, if you would, at James chapter 3. Going to read to you James chapter 3, verse 2 on down. It says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our, among our members that it defileth not the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. When we look at these texts in the book of James, we are reminded how 
God so knows our nature as a person and our struggle as people. All of us, God says to us, he says, listen, if you say you're religious, but you don't try to control your tongue, you're a hypocrite. Because the things that will roll off the tip of that tongue will dishonor you and dishonor God. Here we find David in Psalm 39. He says, I have stepped back and I've realized I've got to take heed to the things I say. James tells us, he says, listen, you've got to be, you've got to control that like you do a horse, like you do a ship. It takes a lot. It's not easy to do. But here we find David in Psalm 39. He says to us, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. So I find that even yet more interesting because he doesn't say while I'm dealing with the righteous. He says, while I'm dealing with the wicked, I'm going to take heed. I'm going to consider, contemplate the things that come off the tip of my tongue. He says, I'm going to control what I say among the wicked. See, you and I, 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 as a pastor, it's not uncommon for me to be somewhere talking to somebody and they know I'm a pastor and all of a sudden they'll slip and they'll, they'll drop this curse word or that curse word and they'll say, oh, excuse me, because I'm the pastor. Uh, in fact, I just had it done by a lady here not too long ago. She's talking to me and she's just going along and man, she just lets off a string of curse words and she stopped. She said, excuse me. And I said, well, it's really not me you have to worry about. It's not me. And that was enough for me to say. Amen. She knew. It's really the Lord who that matters to. But when you look at this text, David says to us, it's not just offending the pastor or our Sunday school teacher or a deacon or a religious person. He says, you know what? The words that come off our mouth have an effect on the wicked as well. And you may think to yourself, well, you know what? Have you heard the wicked talk, Pastor? Yes, I've heard the wicked talk. But the wicked expect more of us, don't they? Yeah. They do. And the words we say and the, the stories we tell and the jokes we share, when it comes off a Christian's tongue, it has a whole different ring. Oh, yeah. And so when we look at this text here, he says, David says, he says, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. He has seen somewhere at some time the influence of his words and the effect it has had. And he said, I've got to rein this in. But do you remember the title of my message? Do you remember I said it's going a little too far? Because that happens sometimes, doesn't it? You go just a little too far. When I pull into my driveway and I come on down, sometimes late in the evening, especially in the wintertime, I'll come down and I'll pull down to where my, my cow shed is to give them grain. And if I pull too 
far in there, it gets just a little soft down in there. Mm -hmm. Now, thank the Lord I have four-wheel drive, so I'll click it into four-wheel drive to get out of there. But more than once I've thought to myself, boy, what if I didn't have four-wheel drive? I just went a little too far. So look what David says as we come down into verse two. He says, I was dumb with silence. In other words, I completely said nothing. I held my peace even from good. And my sorrow was stirred. Have you ever said to yourself, well, I'm going to take care of this. And you just go a little too far. You know, or, or whatever the situation is, you, you say to yourself, well, I'm going to go ahead and rein this in. But you go just a little too far. It's kind of like losing weight. You know, you can lose weight only so far, and then all of a sudden you lose too much. You get too unhealthy. You get too frail. Next, not that I've ever experienced that, but it could happen, couldn't it? It could. It's the same, I was talking to somebody not too long ago and they were talking about being frugal. And as Yankees, New Englanders, we are by nature frugal people compared to other places. So I'm told. So this person looked at me and they said, well, so-and-so is really, really cheap. And I thought, here I go. Because I'm going to stop this. It's not gonna, you're not going to come and just tell me things about people. You're not going to do that without me stopping and saying, whoa, wait a minute. But they stopped there and they clarified. They said, well, I mean, they're not just frugal. They're cheap. <laughs> and so it kind of caught me off guard because I thought they were going to back up a little and kind of soften it. No, they drove that nail even deeper. That's going just a little too far, isn't it? We should be frugal. We should be wise stewards of our finances. But it should not be that we're so cheap that we, I don't know what, go too far. So when we look at this, we find David say, he says, I decided to take heed of the words I say. He says, I was dumb with silence. I was I absolutely shut it off. It's as if I could not speak. He said, I held my peace. But then it goes a little too far. He says, even from good. That's a little too far, isn't it? Mm -hmm. When you and I stop speaking up for what is right and what is good, we've gone a little too far. It is wise for us to put a, 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 a bit, a bridle, and to go ahead and control the things we say. Because no matter who you are, you it's hard to control that little tongue that sets the world on fire. But he says, if you go ahead and you stop saying even that which is good, there's going to be an effect on you. And let's see what the effect is. Because he gives us such a picture of the effect. Listen again to verse two. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace. 
And I love that because we still use that phrase, don't we, today? Don't you still hear that? People say, well, I'll just hold my peace. Absolutely. And so he says, I, I held my peace even from good. And my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Such a descriptive text. Even that very word he uses, while I was musing. So he's saying to us, he's saying, I decided I am going to really, I need to rein it in. Said too much, too often, I need to go ahead and cut it back. He said, then I went all the way to where I wasn't even telling people what was good. I just shut it off. But he said, while I'm musing. So what do you think that means that while he was musing, what was he doing? Anybody? Yeah, he's, he's keeping it inside. He's thinking about it. In fact, maybe a little more than just thinking about it. Because he's pretty descriptive in here, isn't he? When you look at this, he says, he says, my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. So is he just kind of thinking about it? No, he is stewing. He's, it's working up. It's working up. He's thinking about this all right. He's thinking up and he's getting ahead of steam, isn't he? He's saying inside of me, he says, I am hot about what's going on. And why is this? It was good for him to rein it in. It was good to put a bridle on, a bit in, cut it back. But you can't stop when it comes to that which needs to be said, which is good. Because all of a sudden now you've held back even that which has worth. And so now inside of him, he's, he's stewing about this. He's burning up. He says, it's burning in me. I want to say that which is good. And then the last part of verse 3, what's he saying? Then spake I with my tongue. And so each of us in our lives, we understand that, yes, we should pull it back. But we need to not go too far. Look with me, if you would, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Sometimes you have to deal with things, don't you? Sometimes you have to say things. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. It says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. That's an interesting text because it takes us all the way back to the first verse where David says, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongues. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. David says, I'm going to control what I say before the wicked. And the New Testament tells us, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Because what are, they, what are the swine going to do? Are they going to pick those pearls up and say, wow, look at those beautiful pearls. They're going to trample them in. 
They're going to trample them in. They're going to walk them. They, don't, they have no regard for that. How you can, some of you ladies have amazingly beautiful engagement rings that you wear. And you can, you can show everybody. In fact, when you first get engaged, you know, you ever notice the young ladies, they walk a little different when they first get engaged because, you know, they want you to see. But you could take that diamond ring, you could put it in that pigsty, and that pig absolutely doesn't, they'll walk on it, they'll wall on it. And what's it say, the very last part of that verse? It says, in fact, the pig could just turn right around and what? Ren you. Ren you, turn on you. They don't care about. So he says to you and I as Christians, he says, we should think about the things we say. Because even the, even the good things that we can say to unsaved people, they don't understand it. It's kind of like tithing. Sandra, Joe, and I, we've tithed and given to the Lord our faith promise, given our offerings ever since before we got married. It was just a part of who we were. And when we got married, it was never a discussion. But my dad somewhere, sometime, heard that Christians tithe. And my dad was an unsaved, completely unsaved man. And he said to me one day, he said to me, what is this about tithing? He says, do you give 10% of what you make to the church? And I thought to myself, this is not good. <laughs> this is not going a good place. But I couldn't lie to him. I said to him, well, dad, I do tithe. Wow. I mean, he just could not even comprehend such an insanity. And he laced into me. And I told him, I says, Dad, you know what? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't go with girls who do. I, you know, I give him the whole list. I told him, my tithe is a small part to what people give to the devil. That did kind of tone it down a little bit. But he couldn't comprehend the whole thing. Of, and I certainly didn't tell him how much I give the missions. That would have been a whole nother thing. Why would I cast those pearls down to be trampled and to stomped on? Those are between me and God. Amen? And in your life, there are things lost people they can't even comprehend. People who don't go to church, they don't even... It's like those people who look at you and say, you go to church Sunday morning and Sunday night? And Wednesday night too? They, they can't comprehend it. But they'll go to the club or they'll go to this or they'll go to that six times a week. But not church. They don't get it. And so when we look at this text, it teaches us, yes, there are things we need to bridle and control, things that we need to not say and we need to not share. Look with me to Luke, uh, Luke chapter 24. Even good things sometimes we want to hold back, but you can't go too far. Luke chapter 24. Look down with me, if you would, at verse 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender, this is not the verse I want. Luke, I'm in Matthew. Luke. Luke. 
Luke 24, look down with me at verse 32. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? This is an interesting text because it talks to us about the apostles. They're walking, they're journeying to Jerusalem. This is after the death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus had said, I'll meet you. Go ahead and go. And then on the way, they encounter him as he's going on the way. And, and he's, they don't recognize him as Jesus. And he starts teaching them out of the scriptures. And they said, within them, there was a burning within their soul. There's a positive burning and a negative burning, isn't there? There's that desire to hear and to know more. That's what was taking place on that road that day. But David is not describing a positive burning. He's saying within me, there's a, there's a fire within me. A fire that's saying to me, I need to stop being silent about that which is good. You see, one wanted to hear more. The other was a dilemma, a problem, a conflict. So David tells us in Psalm 39, he says, I had just, I'd gone so far that even that which was good, even that which people needed to hear, I was not saying, I was like dumb with silence. And within me that fire burned. And I mused, I rolled it over and over again. I stirred those coals. Then spake I with my tongue. You and I in our lives, it is a very good thing to control that little member that can catch the world on fire. But we, mean, we need to never go so far that we stop sharing that which is good, that which is the truth. And there are times in our lives when we have to step back and say, okay, it is time to speak. It's time to say what needs to be said. And that's what David does. And it's, it's so interesting that it became a song in the temple. He sent this down to the chief of the musicians. And he says, I want you to go ahead and put this to music. And I want the congregation to sing this. That's why they did that. So can you imagine as the people came to that stone edifice, that room that would echo with reverberance, and they would sing this message that God had inspired David to pen. The lesson that we looked at tonight would be a lesson that would go into the hearts and souls of every boy and girl and mom and dad throughout their lives. Because when they went to the temple, they sung about learning to control the tongue and not go so far that it burned a hole in their heart, but speak that which is good. That's our, our message for tonight. Let God use you. Don't go so far that you shut off that which is good. But learn to control that you don't say that which is bad. Amen? That's yeah. that word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you so much that we could come to your house tonight. And I do pray that you'd minister to our hearts and our souls. Help us to be a people who really does put a bridle upon our tongue. 
But help us, Lord, to also have the courage to speak up about those things that must be addressed. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.